Hi guys, it's me Paula and I pray and I haven't been doing my podcast for a long, long time, but I feel like the Lord is saying it is so urgent right now. I need to start doing my podcast probably every morning. First of all, I wanted to give you a greeting and thank you for being on this podcast. There's about 500 people I think on it. I haven't been posting it at all, hardly on Twitter, but I'm going to go back on Twitter and post it. But I wanted to give you some words from the Lord the last 48 hours, three days that have things have changed quite a bit in our country with President Trump. And I wanted to give you an update on what the Lord spoke to me. The first thing out of the box when I heard about him, I had, first of all, was reminded on our call with all you precious ones that are on the call with me on Tuesday night, that um, there were, there were going to be some pretty wild things that were going to happen. This was the first of wild things shaking. He said, don't be surprised. It's going to get pretty dark. If you remember me saying that, I said that to you all. I wrote it down in my journal. It's going to get dark. It's going to look bad in the natural. But here's what the Lord spoke to me was, He shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. The second thing the Lord gave me, he said this. He said, the Lord said to me, watch what I will do with the enemy's camp. I will turn it around and making them look like the fool. They will look foolish. The people of God know that the Lord has placed Trump in this place of authority. So he said, instead of getting down in the dumps and upset, let your light shine that all men will know. Lift up your head. Jesus is the glory and lifter of your head right now. Why be downcast, oh my soul? You're to trust in God. He won't die. God has a plan. The enemy cannot gainsay nor resist. God is about, is it at work? That which Satan meant for evil, God will turn around for good. President Trump, um, he can work remotely. There are other things he can do. He can use a big screen and all these things the Lord showed me. But the most important thing he showed me in all this was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Praise Jesus. I hope you've been doing that. Because to me, the fact that he is going to live and not die is an answer to prayer. So if you don't understand what I mean by that, since 2017, 2018, the Lord showed me that we are to pray for President Donald Trump's protection. So we don't know how many times the Lord has diverted anything uh, that was in an enemy away from him. We don't know any, how many times that, that the enemy came out against him and has been diverted. We don't know that. We are walking by faith. The Bible says we're to walk by faith and not by sight. And we are to believe God. So our prayers avail much. I'm going to say that again to you. Our prayers of protection, the hedge of protection around him avails much. Uh, the prayers that avail much for America starts out with repentance precedes revival. The heart of repentance is what we're praying for before we can see a great awakening again and a revival in America. So this is this is a long-term thing we're praying about. Today on this podcast, I want to give you um, a prayer, and I want to show you how to pray this prayer before tomorrow night's meeting. But I want to tell you this is what we're going to pray. We're going to plead our case. The Bible says plead your case or plead your just cause. And this is written. You said, well, where is that? It's in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 25 and 26. Now, how does this start out? It starts like this. I, even I, am he that blots out your transgression for my own sake, and I will not remember your sin. Put me in remembrance let us plead together, declare thou, uh, set forth thy cause, excuse me, um, that thou mayest be justified. 
In other words, you can stand in the gap with God, Jesus being our high priest who's, who's cast, passed into the heavens, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is our great intercessor, right? And he is interceding for his church, his beloved. And so we can stand in, the, in this place with the Lord. So that means we know the word of the Lord. We're praying his divine will, plan, and purpose. How do we know the will of the Lord? I don't know where you're at. You could be a leader. You could be someone that's a brand new Christian. You could be someone that's been older than 10 years old in the Lord. I don't know where you are, okay? All I know is I'm a leader and I am accountable to the Lord to teach you that the word of God, God and his word are one. You know, God and his word are equal. So if you know God's word, it's down in your heart. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the words of Jesus, right? The word of God. So your faith rises to the occasion because you have the word in there and you're praying according to God's word. That would be his will. You don't have to attach anything onto your prayer. That If it be thy will prayer, that is in a, in a time of consecration and dedication. If you were going into a business or a ministry or whatever you were about to do, an endeavor for Christ, you'd pray that, Lord, I hear you what you're saying, and it's if it be thy will. But you don't pray that way in this case. We're praying warfare prayers. Guys, you need to shift right now your thinking. You need to get out of that. You know, I want to show you some scriptures here that's going to build your faith this morning and help you to pray more effectively in agreement so we can have some answers to prayer. Someone said it's more important to learn how to pray than get a college education. I would believe, I would agree with that in some cases, right? But in Genesis, shifting over here in chapter 18, we find Abraham is praying. Now, how does Abraham pray in Genesis 18? Well, we're looking at Abraham, the father of faith, and he draws near to God, and he starts uh, negotiating with God over Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And he says to him, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? And then... Um, you know, he asks for 50 righteous, you know, if there's 50 righteous, he gets it all the way down to a low number. And the Lord is listening to him. He calls him the just judge of all the earth. So prayer, in this case, he was joining forces with God the Father. It is fellowshipping with God. It is knowing him. You know, the founder of Methodism was John Wesley. And it said he said once, it seemed as if God could not move unless someone prayed. Unless humanity asked him, he would not move. You might say, why is this? Well, you see, the reason that's true is Adam, our first spiritual parent, you know, he was really the under ruler of this world and God gave him authority and dominion. And he committed high treason. He sold out to Satan. And so the Bible says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 4, that Satan is the small g, the God of this world. All right. So he gave that authority over until Christ came. But God devised a plan through the salvation of his one and only son. And uh, through Jesus, God redeemed us. He paid that price, the penalty for sin and death. And now we can come to God in the authority that's been restored to us through Jesus Christ. Amen. But in Genesis, God, um, God refused to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah until he talked it over. So he said, I've got to go talk to my covenant man, and I'm going to find out. I'm going to let him know. Well, you know, many times it says that God doesn't do anything unless he tells his prophets first. Many times God will, if that prophetic person is listening, hopefully we are, he will tell us what's going to happen in the future. Many times he will say, pray about this because this is what's going to happen. Pray against that because that is what's going to happen. He started that with me in 2016, actually 17 and 18, 
your assignment to pray. These assignments he gave me, I called, he said, get, call the people together to pray with you. Why? Because there's power in people in agreement from the heart. When people pray corporately in agreement, it just, it just, the power of God shows up, but it only takes two or three on earth that will make a symphony. The Bible says about anything that they shall ask and it shall be done. That's a very strong word in the Greek. It shall be done by my father in heaven where two or three are gathered in my name. There am I in the midst of them. The majority is Christ is in the midst. He is the the man. (laughs) He is the majority. And we're praying his divine will, plan, and purpose. We're not playing our divine will, plan, and purpose. And that's the difference. So we're pleading our case. It says plead your just cause. What is a just cause? You know, God is a God of justice. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. So we join forces with him. This is not a social gospel. We are not joining forces with people in this earth who are causing anarchy. We're not joining forces kumbaya with people who are wanting to destroy our cities. Um, I just want to say this. Um, you know, God, he needs to make sure his people are on his team and understand his word. We have a lot of quote, good people, but they are not God's people. They are people who think a social gospel will work. And I'm telling you straight up right now, if you're hearing this, the social gospel never has worked. The only gospel is the gospel of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ that works and changes men's hearts. You know, Jesus spoke to the religious people of his day. They were the leaders. They were the Sanhedrin. They were the Senate, if you will, of his government. He spoke to them. They dogged his trails on this earth. And they, they, they would address him and they would, they would want to trick him or, or seduce him into, into sinning or doing something that they could accuse him. And they did that. They followed him until they, they, they actually got him, you know, Rome to hang him on the cross, right? But the thing is, we need to address as the body of Christ, as leaders in the church, the truth. We need to address those who are calling for a social gospel. I am telling you straight right now, whoever you are, I hope this offends you enough to to look this up, but kumbaya never works. Joining hands with people who are radical and are killing and pillaging, you are not on the side of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there is a spirit in 1 John the beloved apostle John said, called the spirit of antichrist. That's against Christ. If you are seduced into believing that you can change people by joining hands with them, no, no, the Bible doesn't teach that. That is not true. Jesus said in John chapter 3 to a very religious man who came at night in secret to visit him because he was so afraid and later changed his mind, Nicodemus. He said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You cannot come to God unless you're a born-again Christian. In other words, your heart is transformed. You have a new heart. That hard, stony heart is removed through the power of God when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of your sins and turn to Jesus to save you, see, and become his child. Repentance precedes revival or any change in America is going to come through a changed heart. And a changed heart is not a social gospel. Our government isn't going to do that, guys. It is the government of God 
Jesus said the kingdom of God or the government of God has come in great power and great might. See, hearts will be changed when we turn our hearts over to God and ask him to forgive us of our sins and cry for this country that it repents and turns to the living God and stops but stop butchering their children in the womb and stop killing children outside the womb. When we start repenting for the blood that was shed that Christ in the ground, that's when you're going to see change in America. Okay, that job, that work is our job to pray, to cry out, to intercede. This is not for the faint-hearted. You can't be part of this army if you're a coward. Okay, I'm just saying, we have we 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 don't have cowards in the front lines. You don't want a coward. Do you want a coward in the front line uh, without their weapon, not on their watch and sleeping so that when the enemy comes, they shoot you? Is that what you want? God doesn't put people in his army that are cowards. He doesn't put people that are asleep and playing games with him. He puts true warriors. And it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are in this army. He will put you on the front lines to intercede. Amen. I could preach on that for maybe 20 hours. I'm not going to. So we have this covenant now. Uh, with God through Jesus Christ. This covenant that we have is in his blood. So we can go legally to God's throne of grace and we can plead our case legally before him like a lawyer. We can bring up to him his word. You bring his word to him, his covenant promises. And here's what he says. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Together, remind me of what I've said. That's what he's asking us to do. Remind him of what he said. All right. So you can stand on the word of God. That's the only thing you can stand on. And you can come to him. He said, come to me concerning my sons. Now, this is kind of an astounding uh, prophetic word given to the prophet Isaiah in chapter 45, because he said, ask me of things to come concerning my sons, concerning the work of my hands. Command ye me. Now, command ye me does not mean that you command God and tell him what to do in arrogance. That is not what it says. It means you are joining with him as a partner in agreement with what God has said. See, that's how you pray. You agree with God, but you can't agree with God if you don't know what he has said, what he has promised. But here's what he says. The scripture is startling here, but it, it applies to us as servants of God, as sons of God. In 1 John 3, 2, we, if we abide, if we, he says, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask ask me what you will. That's it. And it shall be done unto you. There's not, uh, there's not anything more than that, guys. That's in John chapter 15, 7. Ask me and it shall be done. Now he gives us some specific ways. He said, ask the father in my name. Now back in Isaiah 55, the Lord says, so shall my word in verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing into which I sent it. God said, I will hasten my word to perform it. Jeremiah one twelve. I will watch over, he said, my word to perform it. He will make his word good if you will dare to stand on his word. Notice that. So what is the practical application and what is God's word? Well, we know from God's word some things. We know that we are to pray for kings and those in authority over us. We're not, we're not a, you know, we're a democracy, we're a republic. And so we don't have a king, but we have a president. And so President Donald Trump should be on our trajectory. He should be up on top there. We should be motivated and, and concerned for him. 
number one. So if you're not, there's a problem there because we've left that go, guys. We we, we did the Romans chapter 13 that the church shouldn't be involved in, in politics or government. I'm telling you straight up, whoever you are, that is a lie. That is a misinterpretation of the word. In fact, you don't know your history. If you go back into the history of our country and you study every single pastor, preacher, revivalist, ho, starting from the pilgrims, these men would rise up and speak against these kings and these wicked people who are trying to stop freedom of religion. They would speak against it. They would stand in their pulpit. Some would even preach the gospel. Some of these preachers, they would be preaching the gospel and baptizing people. So you don't know your history, okay? And believe me, we have left that go. The word separation of church and state has been so completely abused. That, that is a letter that Thomas Jefferson was speaking with a pastor in Connecticut about. They were discussing this. This wasn't a legal document put in you know, to our Constitution or Bill of Rights or anything. They were just discussing, and Jefferson was stating, we will not have the church, like the Church of England, a church state. A church state. There will be a separation of church and state. He wasn't saying the church should not be in government. You see, that has been so twisted. So I'm just I'm just giving you the straight the straight truth on that. I keep going down these little lines. I'm gonna go back. So when we begin to pray, God watches over his word to perform it on on our behalf. And there are New Testament prayer promises that we need to pray. For example, Matthew 18, 18 through 20. Especially on my prayer call, when you have more than one person, you have several people praying. He said this, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind, that that word bind in the Greek means not allow or don't allow, shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose or untie, that word means untie on earth, shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name. Notice that. In the name of Jesus. Not gathering at Kumbaya. He didn't say anything about that. Not gathering with the enemy. Not lifting up a flag and, and doing some kind of peace march. It's not peace. It's nothing but anarchy. There am I. There is Jesus in the midst of them. Matthew 18, 18 through 20. This scripture is amazing. It's amazing. People often quote this in regard to a church service, but really it's no referencing at all to a church service. However, it is, the, it is true. The Lord is there. He's saying that whatever two believers agree, it is right, he's right there. That would be like an executive order, so to speak. You know, our executive meeting with the master. I'm meeting with him. You're meeting with him. We're coming into agreement to do business. And he's sitting right there. We're in his presence and we're praying. See that? The group could be very small. See, we've confused that with numbers. Everybody is into celebrity Christianity. So everyone's a celebrity, 40,000 people. 20, great, you know. If you go to India, you might be preaching to 120,000 people. But what I'm saying is the group could be small. It could be just a husband and wife agreeing together. You know, we never fathom the depth of what the scripture can mean to us, you know. And we will not until we act on it. Okay, we need to act on it, the power in agreement. In Deuteronomy 32, it says, the Bible says, one shall put a thousand to flight, but two shall put 10,000 to flight. 
You are, you are mighty in prayer alone, but you can be mightier when there's a united, joined together group, every believer on earth agreeing together in prayer. Jesus made this statement, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and the fa- it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit and you, so you shall be my disciples then. John 15, 7 and 8. Notice he adds, and my words abide in you. His word, it is his word that governs everything in our life, okay? If we're living the word, if we're abiding in him and his word, we're going to have victory in our prayer life, guys. There's nothing, there's nothing that God will not do. Prayer is addressing the Father in Jesus' name. This is the divine order. Now, I've been to a lot of things in 40 years. I've seen people pray um, to God, which is sounds good, a religious person, but they don't pray in Jesus' name. I was at a rally before Trump was elected in Norfolk, Virginia, and I noticed the pastor there from, um, he was from Rock Church, and I just love him, and he prayed in the name of Jesus. I was very proud of him that he did that. He was addressing the Father scripturally in Jesus' name. This is the divine order and the statement, whatsoever you should ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. We're not praying necessarily Jesus. He said, to the Father in my name. That's the power and authority he's given us. And this is the confidence or boldness we have, that if we ask things according to his will, he hears us in 1 John 5, 14 and 15. We walk in fellowship with God in his word and by his spirit, and we pray scriptural prayers. See, that's, that's, that's where the problem lies. The Bible says in all manner and all kinds of prayer. But sometimes people screw up because they pray the wrong way, because it's a religious kind of praying. But if you're a true follower of Jesus, you want to pray according to him, right? And his will, which is his word, to the Father. So today we're going to address the Father right now in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we come before you, everyone on this call. We plead our just cause before you. We know you are justice. Your name means justice. And you have mercy and grace, Lord. It's not, it's not, we're not limiting you, God. We are releasing you, Jesus. Where two or three are gathered on this call, in my name, Jesus, you are in the midst of us. And we pray for repentance for America, for a great revival and a great awakening. We do pray for reconciliation. But Lord, we know there, you have already reconciled the world to yourself. You've already done that, Father, in Jesus' name. So unless the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached, there is no reconciliation. There can be none because you said a man must be or a woman must be born again. Come to you and repent of their sins in Jesus' name. Father, we know in the end times, people will not endure sound doctrine. They will not hear it. They will not. And Father, so we begin to pray right now, the hedge of protection, your word over President Donald Trump. We say he shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. He is like a Cyrus. He's like the king of Persia was, where he favored the people of God and even built their temple and acknowledge the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's the same way, Lord, that in this hour you are using men like Donald Trump. We pray a hedge of protection around him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift him up and then hedge of protection, Lord. We thank you that you are a wall of fire around about Donald Trump and that you have sent your angels around about him. We thank you, Father, that he dwells in the secret place of the Most High God and abides under the shadow of the Almighty. We say of the Lord, you are his refuge and fortress. You are his God, Lord 
Lord, and he will put his trust in you alone, Lord. You cover President Donald Trump with your feathers, and under your wings he will trust. He shall not be afraid. He shall not, he shall not, he shall not. He shall not, Lord. We prophesy. He shall not be afraid of the terror by night, the terrorism, or these fiery darts of coronavirus that flies by day only with his eyes. Will he behold and see the reward of the wicked? Because, Lord, we say Donald Trump will make you his Lord his refuge, his fortress. Therefore, no evil shall befall him. We're saying again, no accident will overtake him. Not show any plague, that's coronavirus, calamity overtake him or his wife, Melania, or his family. For you, Lord, give your angels, you said, charge over him to keep him in all of his ways, Lord. Father, you have set your love upon Donald Trump. Therefore, you will deliver our president. Father, thank you. You will deliver him. Lord, we pray he will call upon you, Lord, and you will answer him, and you will be with him in this time of trouble, Lord, and you will satisfy him with a long life. You will show him your salvation, Lord. We declare right now in Jesus' mighty name, not a hair of his head shall perish, Lord. No, Lord, we, we plead our case before you, Lord. We plead our case before the throne of grace. You said bind. And we bind the devil. We bind the spirits of darkness. We bind the plots and wicked evil. Because I believe this was actually plotted against him, Lord. And so we bind that in Jesus' name. We loose your Holy Spirit, Lord. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man or woman makes much power available. It's dynamic in its working. And Father, prayer is not some kind of religious formula, but it is you, fellowshipping with you, Lord. So we release the word today to receive a miracle. We release the word today, Father, over President Donald Trump, over him, Lord. We, we, we command the blessing. I do, Lord. I command the blessing on him, Lord. Lord, and I pray for every single Christian who's hearing this, every born-again Christian that loves you, Lord, that is serving you, the true church, the remnant church, that they will hear this word, Lord, and they will humble themselves under your mighty hand and turn back to you, God. If there's anything in the hearts of men and women, no matter what color, no matter what race, no matter where they come from, you said there is either male, neither male nor female, neither Greek nor Jew, we're all one in Christ. Lord, all the Christians together, would say the same thing, that we would all believe God for a turnaround in this country. At the last minute, Lord, you said you are going to pull it off, Lord. You are a great God. You said, have you not heard? Don't you know who I am? You are God. You said, I am that I am, and I will be who I will be. There's nobody like you, Lord. We worship you. We praise you. We love you, Lord. And we thank you for answers today, answers to our prayers today. Everyone that's praying in agreement with you right now, just say amen to that. Agree with God and his holy word right now. Set your heart before him. Repent and turn to him. Turn back to him. There's anything in our hearts, Lord. We have held anything in our hearts, Lord. Right now, cleanse our hearts, Father. You said do an inventory on your heart, people. Ask the Lord, there's anything in your heart or mind that's holding you back from giving your whole heart to Jesus or surrendering to him. Repent of that now. Right now, I pray for you that you would be released and delivered in Jesus' name from anything holding you back, from loving the Lord, serving him, calling on his name. 
in Jesus' name. And if you're not born again, that you would receive Jesus into your heart because the Bible says we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. He came to reconcile the world to himself. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. You get that? It's the name of Jesus we're calling on as the body of Christ, as the church in the earth. Jesus gave us the keys of the kingdom. He said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So we bind the devil over this United States of America. We command the coronavirus to go from our nation. We bind it. We will not permit it, Lord. We do not allow it, Father, Lord. And we release the healing power of Jesus Christ, the glory of God upon this nation. Once again, Lord, give us a great revival, a heart of repentance first, Lord, and then a great revival in our nation. May we obey you, Lord, and serve you. May you forgive us now because you're gracious and merciful, Lord. You're altogether lovely. There's no one like you, Jesus. Remember the cross and what you did. You suffered and died. You went to hell for us, Lord. But God raised Jesus from the dead. Lord, you defeated death, hell, and the grave. You broke the curse of the law. You became a curse for us. And by your wounds that you suffered by your stripes, we are healed and made whole. That means if you are hurting in your body, you're hurting in your soul, you're hurting in your emotions, you've been hurt, you've been wounded, I just speak healing over you right now. Receive healing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He loves you. He died for you. He wants you to come to him. There's nobody bigger than God right now. So come to Jesus and receive him into your heart. Repent of your sins to him. He will save you, and he will fill you with his Holy Spirit and fire. Ask him to. Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Abba. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, guys, I love you, and I bless you. Thank you for being on with me this morning on this call, on this podcast. You are awesome, guys. You are awesome, and you are so precious to the Lord. I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow night. It's going to be a great night together. God bless. Bye-bye.